Hello, welcome back to Pro Tri News. Our goal here is to bring a microscope to the underbelly of professional triathlon. There are a lot of podcasts out there that simply interview pros, rinse and repeat, which is great, but we also want to go deeper. Today I'm joined by the incredible Hulk, Pat Lemieux. Hey. The jack of all trades, Mark Matthews. How are you doing, guys? The master of none, Talbot Cox. Yeah, that's me. And the wonder kid, Chelsea Burns. And hello. <laughs> all right, guys, we had a great weekend of racing. How How was everyone's uh, time? Did everyone enjoy watching all the races this weekend? I mean, I text you guys at 520 when I woke up in the morning, got my coffee, got on the trainer and started riding and, and watching the race. And it was, uh, I don't know, 400 text messages later in this thread that we've got going on. Uh, I think we've got the weekend pretty well recapped, but we're so we're ready for the show today. Yeah, I, you know it's you know it's an incredible race when Pat Lemieux gets up at five thirty a.m. before he's making Gwen breakfast and he's watching a triathlon. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, I think I watched uh, the men and the women's race, and I think we're gonna. I mean, look, I think that's largely what we're gonna be speaking about today, and uh, I'm I'm thrilled I'm I'm thrilled to get into it. Let's 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 dive into the men's race first. Um, of course, Alex Yee, uh, I think we all saw this coming eventually. Um, so, he, I mean, he ended up, basically, everyone is off to a great start. There was um, a massive swim group, which is a whole lot different, which we'll talk about in the female race. But uh, just a good good group that everyone worked together. Uh, got a note, Matt McElroy did not make that group, which was uh, pretty surprising. We'll hit on that in a little bit. Uh, basically, everyone stayed together throughout the uh, rest of the day. And then Alex, he got off the bike and uh, eventually ran ran through everyone. Um, if Morgan Pearson learned to work his way up in the group, he might actually be able to run with Alex E a little bit longer, but he likes to come into transition uh, dead last in the group. So maybe he can work on that and improve about 30 seconds. Uh, and then Martin Van Riel ended up in third place. But uh, I would say that was uh, one of the highest positions for a, uh, I mean, Matt, Morgan Pearson is proving that he's is actually legit. So congrats to him. What were your thoughts on the race, Chels? Yeah, um, it was definitely, it was fun to watch. I think that we're kind of seeing that the men's and the women's races are going pretty differently now. You saw in that swim, it was a huge group. And with wetsuits, it's going to be even more together. But it's just harder and harder for them to get a few guys away because so many of them are so good at swimming now. And I think that it is becoming such a big group on the bike every time. And I think Matt McLeod was there at one point, but a few of those guys just couldn't hang on the back. It was a hard bike course between the hills and a few hard turns. So I think a few of them ended up just getting shelled off the back. So um, yeah, props to everyone, especially Morgan, who was able to stay in and run like he did, despite his um, cringeworthy T2s. It was, yeah. I think I, it was I fun think to- delaying... Delaying the Olympics a year probably paid off more so for Morgan than any other athlete in ITU racing. Maybe Alex Yee. In World Alex Yee, yeah. Alex Yee, yeah. Yeah, but very close. Definitely. Yeah. But um, very, yeah, the, both both of them benefited massively from the extra year. It's interesting to yeah. see the people it hurt, too. It's, goes both uh, ways, definitely. I think. Oh. Definitely. And I, I think another thing that was really impressive, too, is 
Alex Yee really proved on this course that he's not just going to sit at the back of a group and then run away from everyone. I saw him up at the front multiple times, even towards the end of the bike, uh, taking a pull and kind of being like, hey, I, I'm here. I mean, I might only weigh 100 pounds, but I'm here. I'm, I, I'll, I'll take a few pulls in the front, and I'm still going to outrun all of you guys. So I don't really care. Yeah, so, Hayden Wild paid a little bit, didn't he? Hayden Wilde paid slightly heavy for trying yeah. to go out with Alex Yee. I mean, I don't know if Hayden Wilde in yeah. his in his peak form could could hang with Alex Yee, but on that day, that that was a tough call. Eh? I also felt like this was a massive turning point for men's British triathlon, kind of just changing of the guards per se. From Alistair Brownlee, pretty clearly on the out now. Um, I think he probably said it was his last World Series race. And yeah, to kind of see the Alex Yee rise up on that Leeds course, which is so traditionally um, the Brownlee's playground, was pretty cool too. It, w- it was, I mean, I'll address the elephant in the room. If, if you didn't watch the race, uh, there was a part in the race where uh, Chase McQueen took out the swim, was at the front, and then kind of came around. It's Chase McQueen's first ever WTCS race. Um there must have been some bumping and hitting of uh, Alistair Brownlee and Chase McQueen. I haven't chatted with Chase. Have you, Kyle? I chatted with him briefly, but it was more so about how he stuck in the race, not. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're just everyone's fighting for position, but basically, uh, Chase is on the outside, probably trying to move in, and uh, Alistair reaches back, puts his hand on his neck or head or whatever, and just pushes him down, just kind of gives him a little dunk. So. Uh... It was in quite plain entertaining. Video plain, oh, and that's what's changed, sight. isn't it? You know, Alistair Brownlee did his first Olympics in 2008. Like he, he's been around for a long, long time, and it's only recently that the video footage would catch you out like that in the last couple of years. It, it was a disqualification. The footage, it was yeah. absolutely obviously a disqualification, but it's not new. It's not unusual. You just get caught. Yeah. You have to the- nod and take it. I think. I mean, yeah, that's what I was going to say. This this probably happens all the time. Everyone has a story. The last time we saw something like this was uh, Henry Wilshire uh, doing the same thing, kind of blocking uh, Javier Gomez. And I don't know if that was like to help uh, Alistair and John Lee get up the road. And this was, a, I don't even remember when this was. This is so long ago. But he was, uh, that's the last time you saw it, a good bit of it on video. Chase McQueen posted some pretty sporting stuff about it and he seems he seems you know pretty sanguine to the idea it's sport this stuff happens. Alice just confirmed that it's yeah. his last WTS series. Um you know he doesn't want to go out like that but hey he's gonna move on I'm and sure, keep winning races I'm sure. I'm sure Chase McQueen is stoked for the fame too. First <laughs> World Series you don't usually get that much attention. And with a name like Chase McQueen as well he's gotta be Actually. famous surely <laughs> That's right. I mean, outside of Alex Yee's incredible run, he proved that he is a medal contender if he can get into that front group. Um, and Morgan Pearson backed himself up with another result. Uh, I would say the third highlight of the race was definitely Alistair's dunk. So congrats, Alistair, if you listen. I was really gutted to see Javier Gomez uh, strike a cone and go out of the race. I'm sure Pat... As soon as I saw it happen, I thought, oh, here comes Pat. Here we go. Um, I want to talk about the cones for a minute, and let me just <laughs> let me let me speak about this in the in the fact that look, the number one priority is to keep athletes safe. There should never be. I don't care if it's in long course, short course, you name it. There should never be a road that is split only with cones. 
So I've, I can let my guard down a little bit on the usage of cones, but never on an organization. Um, World Triathlon this weekend made athletes stay in their own rooms in, in, on the order of safety, but then they'll go and split a room, split a road where there's open gaps. And what I think of is in the case of Talbot, you got footage of Ben Hoffman almost hitting Ben Canute in St. George. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was caused by open two-way traffic on an open road that wasn't closed by firm barricades. So when we're doing these races that are that have cones, I can find plenty of videos of athletes that have gone across traffic and had a very, very bad collision. So I was really disappointed to see two-way traffic split by cones and having open roads on the course. So uh, Javier hitting a cone, yep, that's exactly what I said would happen. And, um, you know, they really need to change this protocol that if they're going to split the roads like they do in ITU races, world triathlon races, they need to have barricades down the middle. Yeah. Uh, the, the last thing in the men's race, uh, and we were notified this by, I don't know if it's a known source or whoever, but, uh, team USA almost lost their third slot, uh, in, in the race. And that was due to, I guess other, was it Australia doing good? Pat, you want to explain it a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I want to make, I want to make it clear that it's not by, it's by individuals doing well. So Aaron Royal was 19th on the day, so he moved up quite a bit in his individual ranking, which then the countries go and convert into spots for their nation. So here's the deal. Eli Hemming is in jeopardy of falling out of the top 30, and he has, truth be told, he has no incentive to go and make his ranking go up in Waltuco because at this time, I don't believe Eli Hemming is really in the... Uh, in the selection pool for making the Olympics. So what they would do is if he was 29th, the U.S. would take his spot and give that to somebody else. So now the U.S. is a little bit jammed up where they're in jeopardy of losing their spot because Eli won't race. Now we can say Eli won't race because one, he doesn't want to, or two, he's potentially not able to race. But the U.S. is is desperately needing him to hold his spot. Granted, now on the Australian side, you have a world where Aaron Royal can bump up and he could be saying, I will go race in Waltuco to the best of my ability to go into the top 30. But if I get into the top 30, you're taking me to the Olympics. And Australia would gladly do that. So the U.S. is, I would say, they are in... um, deep, deep jeopardy of losing that third spot. And if they don't create incentive to protect Eli's place in that race, they will lose it. Can I add a bit to that? Yeah. There's actually... Tell me if I missed anything. Tell me if I missed anything. Yeah, no, that was... um, Yeah, there's a few more nuances to it in that in Leeds, Aaron Royal, I think he finished 19th. Yep. And then he actually moved up to 18th on Monday because they disqualified... Kenji Niener, who is a racist for Japan, for following Varga off swim course. So he wasn't disqualified initially, and then he was a day (laughs) later. So when the rankings first came out, Eli was maintaining his spot above Aaron Royal, but actually between Monday and Tuesday, Eli dropped and is now only six points behind Aaron Royal going into Hitoko. And um, 
yes, he can go get more points and stay further ahead of him in Watoko, but they also have another Australian, Luke Willian, who yeah. could win their Conti Championships this week. And then another person who's in the mix is uh, Grajales, who races for Mexico, who's also just behind and risks jumping Eli in Watoko. We know the Mexicans race well down there usually. So that's yeah, pretty Yeah, is, is he I think Grahalis has wow. won there, hasn't he? Yeah. So I'm sure he has. So yeah. in the so so really it will come down to the final week of Olympic qualification and and really as it stands, we believe the US will lose their third spot and only have two men qualify for the games. Is that what we're thinking? It looks like it. And it's definitely, um, I believe, an oversight of USA Triathlons. They could have done a few things this year to plan for this. I know that Kevin McDowell is their fourth male and doesn't have, he he couldn't possibly move up high enough in Watuko, but had they sent him to a few more races earlier this season, I don't know, they may have been able to get him up high enough to prevent this and not needed to give Eli this massive weight on his shoulders to go and hold that spot in Hatoko. Wow. It always comes it always comes down to this where it's you know everything hindsight All is twenty proxy races. Hindsight is twenty twenty on the back end of this. Um but from what I'm hearing, this is I'm I'm not surprised, I guess, that they that they really dropped the ball on this. It is crazy how it often does come down to this very last week. I know in twenty sixteen, back before Rio, the final women's spot came down to some random Conti Mental Cup yeah. in like Kazakhstan, yeah. where it was literally to the wire. And I mean, we're talking about the men's chase here. I know that um, it's a bit of a scramble for the women as well. There's that continental championships down in Australia that if Jazz Hedgeland wins, she can jump up a bit and so, guarantee Australia three spots. So who are they looking at now? What will be their decision or their deciding factor for the last U.S. spot for the men, assuming that the points stand as they do today and they only get two spots. I can't imagine it would be anything other than who is the best second leg relay athlete. I think Morgan's pretty obviously their relay anchor or the way he runs. So I can't imagine them thinking of anything, but who's going to be our best second leg on the relay. I don't think they care anything about the individual race. Um, so yeah. Unreal. I mean, do you, I wonder, I guess I, I think last week we were like we saw Matt McElroy's race in Arzacena. We were like, "Wow, he's really got it in the bag." Especially if they have three spots. But yeah. I mean, he he kind of bombed leads a bit. I wouldn't say he's out, but he's. I don't think he's a slam dunk. There's there's still Kevin. There's Seth Ryder was impressive in yeah. um, in leads. They could definitely make an argument for him as a a relay guy and potentially someone helping out Morgan and the individual. But what's interesting, I guess if you were a coach and an athlete and you at this up to this point, you had been lobbying for maybe a domestique role. That's really changed now because potentially your only pathway is being a dominant relay athlete. So what you've been arguing for and lobbying for probably has changed greatly in this last week. I would agree. Definitely in the last weeks. I think that, I I think a month ago we would have said, oh, the U.S. is definitely fighting for a women's individual medal. And I think it's crazy that in a month we're almost like, well, a men's individual medal may be more likely at this point. Unreal. Yeah, unreal. <laughs> and and wow. before we finish that up, let's chime in and see what Mark has to say because Great Britain I mean, could possibly win gold with their relay team. And I would assume they're going to go ahead and pick Alex Yee 
um, yeah. for the individual. Do you have any more insights on that? I'm, no, I'm assuming I think, by the time this podcast is announced, I mean, Alex this, will be announced. The, the, I think the GB squad's one of the most sewn up going now, to be honest, from what we're hearing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be Alex Yee, Johnny Brown, but you would, they're not going to chase that third slot. That's not happening. And in the women's race, we're led to believe that the three selected athletes have proven fitness in the races they've done. GB are taking uh, Vicky Holland, Jess Learmoff, and George Taylor-Brown. That's who they're taking. Um, wow. they've proven fitness uh, Vicky did it in Chenethli uh, as I got a lot of grief for saying wasn't a nice place so do go on holiday there if you get the chance um, and then uh, George Taylor-Brown did it in Super League they they took that as proving fitness and Jess Learmoth is obviously proving fitness at the weekend so no the GB are pretty well sewn up I think yeah wow yeah, okay yeah. so let's right, talk let's, let's talk about the women's race women's race yep Oh, it was stressful. What do you think? That's beautiful. It was so good. <laughs> it, was it was 10 it was times so more inter- entertaining than the men's as well, I think. Honestly, the best two hours at 6 a.m. I've ever had. Oh, literally. literally. It was really emotional to watch Maya come and win the race after her amazing result in Yokohama, I feel like. Well, walk us through it first, Chels. Yeah, so our uh, big name of the weekend, I think, was Lucy Charles. I think she turned a ton of heads. We, I definitely know, I kind of wrote it off as like, oh, I saw her, her bike skills on the Instagram and was like, oh, this girl's going to get shelled. But she was, honestly, I was amazed. She was impressive. And she took the swim out and strung a line of about seven girls out, and they gapped the field. And honestly, it kind of made the race, the way she swam. Um, and then couldn't quite hang on Jess and the top two girls on the bike who made a pretty uh, dominant move on that first lap and stayed away, put about two minutes on. And uh, yeah, the three of them held on for the podium. And I think we were all pretty amazed to see how well Lucy did run after her first WTCTCS, whatever we call it now. And it ended um, up running side by side with Taylor. Yeah, Until the I very was end. like amazed that she's hung on with Taylor that long and actually piped her at the end. And I think we all um, were pretty impressed with Flora Duffy too, who didn't have the swim she probably wanted to, but uh, was biked like she usually can and actually outran every single person in the race. So I'd say she's looking good for Tokyo too. Do we think, what do we think about Maya Kingma and getting, you know, she seems to be, Obviously, she's a fantastic swimmer and seems to have zero issues on the bike. Um, are Jess and Sophie going to be as kind to her the next time? Or are they going to try and attack her? Or what, what do you think will be the, the tactics when they're, when they're up the road again, I guess? I think they want her and I think they need her. Sophie won't be there next time. I think you're going to see a little bit of a different group in the Olympics. And Jess, I think, was pretty amazing. She definitely dominated that bike ride. And she was pretty injured all winter. So I don't think she has a ton of running in her legs now. So with six more weeks, I'm pretty sure she's confident she could outrun Maya. Um, So I I would imagine that most, I mean, Maya Kingma is a pretty big asset for that front group of swim bikers. And they're going to want her especially add Taylor Nib back in there, and it's going to be a a hard group to catch for the Chasers. That's exactly what I was thinking, is add Taylor Nib in there with Maya, Jessica Learmoth, and Flora, and that's probably your top four for the Olympics. Yeah. I thought that was some interesting... Because you won't have Lucy break up the swim. Yeah, and uh, I heard Jess Coldwell... Sorry, no. um, 
some of the ladies today, some of the women talking on podcasts, that uh, they didn't think Lucy had any impact on the race. Uh, Sophie Colwell oh said, God. Sophie Colwell today said she, she didn't think Lucy had any impact on the race and that she had a lot to learn still. And a big part of me thinks if Lucy wasn't there, that gap would not have gone. Flora Duffy would have yeah. been at the front and Sophie wouldn't have been on a podium. I, I don't know as an objective viewer how that would, was not the case. I think Lucy had yeah. a huge impact on the race. And actually, if you look at Lucy's running time as well, if her T1 was a little bit better... Suddenly, she's in the hunt for an actual win in that race. So, yeah. knowing that she's going to go ahead, she's going to do the breaking eight challenge, take Kona on this year, obviously before that, and then switch focus entirely towards going to the Olympics in Paris. We could see a real exciting move in uh, in triathlon there. But I agree. I don't think Maya Kingman actually that, that none of those front three ran particularly fast. They just put it together a perfectly well rounded race. So someone like Duffy makes that pack. You've got to get still for that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Would you think that's possible that Sophie maybe made that comment so that she can start the her twenty twenty four campaign for Paris? I don't know. It's possible. Know. It was just a straight. I, I found it as a bit of an odd interview. I, th- I thought there was undisputedly that Lucy had an impact on that race, yeah, even if just you're, by if you're, viewers. Yeah, you're excel- you're accelerating the front of that race so much with the swim that she has. So of course you're going to stretch it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's just, uh, just the impact she brought in by viewing numbers, I imagine. I think a lot of the Ironman world turned in and watched their first WTS race. Yeah, my, absolutely. My favorite comment from this entire weekend is, and I'm going to stick to it, I can't even imagine of how many females on that start list sent the story or the video of Lucy doing the 180, and then they all ate their words because they all got smoked by her. So... <laughs> I'm not hating too hard, but I'm sure there was a lot of females on that start list that were like, oh, Lucy, she doesn't even know what she's getting herself into. And trust me, I didn't think she'd do too hot either. But a lot of them ate their words and were probably like, wow, she just destroyed us. Because we were talking a couple episodes back whenever she got on the start list, we were like, oh, I said, is it top 10? Is is it top 10 in the cards at, at somewhere? And everyone was like, uh. Yeah, in, in a world. No, no, yeah. no. Chelsea absolutely <laughs> said there was definitely a world that that would happen. Hey, here's my here's my other thoughts on her. It was amazing to see, I mean, your first race like that, there's going to be some shocks. I think she looked a little bit shell-shocked at the speed they run out of that swim. You saw Jess absolutely blow by her coming out of the water, and I'm sure she's not used to sprinting out of the water. And also, I mean, she did look uncomfortable on a lot of those corners. I don't think we can disagree with that, but... To run how she did after probably putting in some 700 watt surges out of those corners to hang on with someone like Flora and Taylor who were in the group with her is, and still run like she did. I mean, I was yeah, she's amazing. No hats off, hats Chelsea, off to Lucy Charles. Yeah, Chelsea. And do you think that Kingman's bike was harder in Tokyo, or do you think it was harder in Leeds? Okay, I actually sent her an Instagram DM asking this, and I haven't gotten a response. Either Come she doesn't on, want to answer, Maya. or she's totally floored with messages. I would have to imagine that Leeds was harder. They looked like Just they were. Because they the were. Hill. They were. I mean, yeah, they were giving it, it was everything. A hard course. Yeah. But she. she I looked, heard. Maya, Maya Kingma looked fantastic on the bike. Sorry, Chelsea, the, didn't interrupt. The only person who I heard from that I talked to that said anything was easy in that race was Jess. She said the swim was easy for the first time in her life. She got to follow feet. Yeah. And Jess was probably the one of the only, maybe Jess and Sophie, probably one of the only couple of people there found that easy. I imagine. 
Um, quick, quick, quick takeaway on quick takeaway in the women's race. Yeah, Casper can't. I was very. Sh- I didn't even know she was in the race, and I told Kyle. I said, "Wow, I wonder how Casper had done." He was like, "She raced," and I was like, "Wait, what?" I'm really surprised on that the swim was pushed that little much more, and how just she almost became non-existent in the race. I mean, I'm sure it probably wasn't her best day. I don't know if you've chatted with her much, Chelsea, but I was just quite surprised by that, especially if with her being, I would say, a medal contender. Um, and then is there an update on the women's uh, between Taylor, Spivey, and Katie Zafiris? Yeah, sorry, to clarify, you are asking, you thought Kirsten Casper would have swam better and been more in that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely a solid swimmer, but I, I mean, we saw Flora Duffy not even make that group too, and I think... Yeah, it was a fast, very fast swim, and I think it was a it was a solid race for Kirsten. I think she's definitely in a hard spot because I think a few years ago she would have definitely been in in the talks for this third spot, but unfortunately hasn't done a ton in the past few years. And even though she is definitely building and getting better every race, it might be just a bit too late for her. But I mean, she had a she had a decent race, and I think something she can be happy with and build the rest of the year. But I think it is, unfortunately, just up to Taylor Spivey and Katie Zafiris right now. And, yeah, I, there is no update. I don't think they will be deciding until early next week. And it's, yeah, it's, I mean, we could probably chat a bit about this. Whether we think that Katie had a pretty disappointing one again and whether that, uh, does that counter out? Um, Taylor had a solid race, but it certainly wasn't in a, Olympic medal contending race. So I honestly, I honestly don't know. I mean, the only, in my opinion, the only way that they select Katie Zafiris is if they go back and look at relay performance. That's exactly what I was thinking, Pat. Is that, I mean, do we, do we believe that that's the only pathway right now? Or like they're looking at, they'd have to be going back and looking at individual and relay performance and then that's it. I would agree. I think there's, there shouldn't really be anything in the, in the discussion besides the relay at this point. I I mean, the way that both of them have been racing, I don't think either one of them have shown that they're a Tokyo medal contender right now. I mean, I don't know if we consider the the trauma that Katie's been through and whether we think that she'd be able to get back to her 2019 world champion place and be on the podium in Tokyo. But at the moment, I think it is just who is best in the relay. And it's also considering what other athletes that USA triathlon has selected already, whether they're going to put one of those two athletes first or third, and then whether it's Katie or Taylor, who is best in which position. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, regardless, they've got very, very complicated decisions. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Especially after this weekend, depending on if we get the second or third slot for the U S men's. So it's, I definitely don't want to be a USAT uh, decision maker this week. It's a, so just so everyone knows, there's a four person committee within USA Triathlon. It's, there's a former athlete, there's the high performance director, there's two other people. And I think next week on Monday, they're going to probably sit down and decide. Tuesday, I think they're going to inform the athletes. And Wednesday, I think it will become public. So we should know by Wednesday, the 16th. By the time we record, it's going to just be a, um, yeah, unreal. 
Yeah, okay. but we've been criticised for not talking enough about Ironman Kearns, the super race going on <laughs> down south. Instagram, we got called out for this. So can we stop talking about all these world-class athletes and can we go and talk yeah. about that regional level Ironman that uh, had very little Please. excitement going on there? Please, hit us, go. But, uh, they, they, they're probably hating on me. I'm the one that brushed by it. I apologize if I... I to be honest, though, and to do the Ironman update, I've got to admit, Talbot, you were basically right to brush by it. Um, Max Newman won the race... I mean, comfortably, he rode up to uh, Josh Hamburger, ran away from him straight away, and then there was a little duke it out to stay on the podium for Josh Hamburger. But it was Max Newman, Tim Van Berkel, Josh Hamburger. And Max Newman, to be honest with you, seemed like the only Kona-class athlete on that podium um, in yeah. men and women's field. You know, going forward to look at who could have an impact on the World Championships, Max Newman won by eight minutes, you know. Um he wasn't pushed. He could potentially run faster. He looked an all-round quality athlete, and he's a young guy. So that was the big takeaway on the men's side. Honestly, nothing surprising. He won it last year. Josh Amberger still can't run well enough to bag a win. Um, he still leads out swims, but that's that was the men's field. And in the women's side, again, it wasn't a particularly strong showing. Um, Amelia Watkinson was the absolute shoe-in favourite, but I mean, had what can only be said a, a very, very poor run. Uh, the lady Kylie Simpson who won it, um, she, interestingly enough, she ran a 2.53, which is really, really impressive, but she swam a 2.08 and she rode way over five hours. Sorry, 108. and she, she rode way over five hours, you know. In any other field, you doesn't matter how well you run, you, you're not coming through there. But in second place, Amelia Watkinson ran 3.13, which isn't going to cut the mustard. Um, the the main takeaway point for me, which was interesting, is for some reason Simpson, Kylie Simpson, who won it, wears Canyon all over her kit and rides a BMC bike. I mean, honestly, of the race at the weekend, that was the most exciting point for me. Huh. Wow. The most exciting thing for me was to see Beth McKenzie's story updates. I love Beth. She, I mean, I don't even, you don't even follow anyone else. Just follow her when there's a race happening over in Australia because she'll update you on the entire field and they're always entertaining with Luke popping in. I'll have to tune into that. That sounds, yeah, that sounds worth it. Mark, can you speak to what you believe we can see from Max and Kona? What do you think, what kind of performance do you think we'll see from him? I worry about Max's swim. Um, not holding him into a group there, but he's he's a shrewd young man. Like he rides really well. He's had flack from the past from Josh Amberger about not pulling enough turns on the bike. But hey, as we've talked about in this podcast before, you don't need to. You know, if yeah. if you run well, exactly. and you can you hold. You still got to do that. Yeah, you yeah. still have to do the 180k on the pedal, exactly whether you're that. sitting in or not. Yeah. And Josh Amberger was quite uh, diplomatic this time, and he said the referee was cool in the draft zone, like it was 20 meters. Which even if Max say sat in for 80%, and apparently he pulled some turns. You know, he sat 20 metres back. You're not getting an awful lot. He still rode well. He ran a decent run split. Um, I think it was a 248, was it? And uh, he wasn't challenged, not even close, you know. And sure. so you then wonder, what, what has he actually got to run? Um, best case scenario for him, sorry, he ran a 243, actually. Completely unchallenged. Yeah, 243. So that's that's actually a really very good wow. run on that course. So uh, can, can we see him podium in Kona against the field we've got? Probably not. Maybe. Yeah. Top 10, absolute shooing. Yeah, really, really, you know, odds on for a top 10, really good young athlete coming through well, well supported, etc. Yeah. I think I think with Steve McKenna being out, I think Max Newman is definitely probably the, the person to watch from Australia whenever it does come Kona time. Yeah, yeah. Australia's had a bit of this blessing in the long distance world, Australia and New Zealand over the last, this kind of COVID period in that 
they've had a, a real fish tank effect in the races they've had. You know, no one can go race there. They're not really leaving. They're racing themselves. And actually, the PTO has thrown some money at quite a lot of races down that way. So we've had quite a lot of professional races. Um, and it's created a lot of hype behind some of those Southern Hemisphere athletes. It'll be really interesting to see how they get on when they break out of the Southern Hemisphere and come and race uh, the Europeans and the Americans. I think they might have suffered slightly from a fishbowl effect. But hey, I'd, I'd love to be proved wrong by someone like Max Newman. Nice. Great. Uh, let's, let's dive into the World Cup this weekend. Yep. Will this be um, live? Will there be live coverage of this, Chelsea? Uh, there will probably be some. It won't be anything like Leeds, but I bet there may be some sort of video. And there will definitely be Yeah, live sometimes timing. Mexico will like throw something up. Yeah, um, it is Mexico, though, so I don't think we can expect tip-top video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... and Basically, I mean, it's we. Everyone always knows this course is just really, really hot. It's probably going to mimic uh, Tokyo-like conditions. I think that we all chatted earlier that the Team USA third slot decision was going to come down to this race, but it doesn't really look like that might not be a chance anymore. But I mean, a pretty decent field. Nothing as entertaining as last week. Uh, Tyler Misicek will be back there, uh, and I think that the main thing that everyone's going to be turning their heads for this next week is is who who loses that third spot who gains that third slot for their olympic team and tyler and we want to make sure that tyler miss lachuk do you have fresh tires on your bikes with good tubes or tubulars like don't be doing this i know i've seen you how your bikes look in the past bro get your stuff dialed for this race and also making sure he has five five domestiques tires yep good equipment five domestiques five I'm sorry. We probably shouldn't say that. Well, there's five other Canadian athletes that are racing that are probably vying to prove that they deserve to be in the Olympics as Tyler's domestique. Okay, so Tyler, get your tires right. Get your everything right, okay? No, nah, but this is a good race for Tyler. He races really well in these conditions. I think he's won this race before, and obviously he won the test event, which was hot and humid. So I yep. think uh, he may be the guy to beat, assuming the tires stay inflated. All right, let's dive into hot takes. Great. Hot takes this weekend. James Lawrence finished his 100th Ironman. I actually flew out to Salt Lake City to uh, join the fun. uh, Sorry, let me take that back. Let me correct what I said. James Lawrence finished his 100th full distance triathlon. It's not a Ironman triathlon. It's the Iron Cowboy distance triathlon, which is... The same thing, almost as an Ironman. It's just it's exactly there is the drafting, dude. They're so the, 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 yeah. The, don't even get me started on this. <laughs> I loved it. I had a blast. I love James. He's a great friend. Um, it's at the end of the day, he raised money for a charity and he inspired a hell of a lot of people than all the people sitting on their couches at home. So, congrats to him. Uh, this morning, he woke up and to celebrate the 100 Ironmans, he decided he was just going to top it off with one more Ironman. So, went to the pool this morning at 5.30 and I think he's on the run right now for his final one. So, he did 101. No, I spoke I spoke, um, I spoke. spoke to uh, somebody that was there for the bike yesterday besides you, Talbot, and they said it was just fantastic. Tons of people riding down the road at 28 miles an hour with them, and, and they were ripping through it. So, yeah, he's obviously... Oh, it was cre- incredible. He's created something really special there, and um, hats off to him. I can't believe he did 101 today. The dude's got to give his... Uh, Dude's got to give her legs a rest because I saw footage of him from yesterday. And, he, and his wife a break as looked, well. He's been he his looked rough, man. 
Yeah, got to give the wife a break, surely. She's been stagging on for a hundred days, making breakfast, making dinner, massages, laying in late nights. No, he shouts out to her. Fair play to the family in that endeavor. Unreal, unreal, yeah. Let's let's dive into Lucy Charles. Uh, I think that Mark hit on the head earlier with maybe going for uh, Paris. Yeah, I mean that sounds like I think that's that's from what I hear from British triathlon. That's um, that's what her aspirations are. She's even, I believe, you know, there's talks of funding and all sorts in the pipeline, moving fully across to uh, the short course demon world. What, what, one thing one thing I want to dive into uh, this is from like a content and a awareness uh, perspective of a, probably new eyeballs I, I wish WTCS whatever it's called would release their information I would love to see if this got more views than let's say Japan um, she obviously had an incredible audience uh, Pat can probably testify with me as well in the past Eric Lagerstrom was the youtuber vlogger at these races and lou uh eric would have been crucified if he used some of this footage and i noticed he not would have been he was he was he was crucified so lucy threw this video up on youtube uh with pretty much all the race footage pat what are your thoughts on this because I have my own thoughts, and I'd love to hear yours Look, first. Look, I know that I know that in in the past they would not have let any of this fly. Um, they took an approach that you know baseball takes, where anything that happens on the field of play is not open to the athletes or to brands. I would say what I can commend World Triathlon on right now is if they're going to let this let her you know 4K rip this footage. This is fantastic for the sport. I go back to saying your best most effective cheapest marketers for your platform are the athletes so what they should do and what world triathlon we need to commend them they've done a fantastic job creating content supporting the athletes and making the athletes the face of their program and i think um the other triathlon organizations really need to look to them as leaders in the space of saying you know, World Triathlon is athlete first, and that's their mission. Um, them allowing you, Lucy to use this footage, while they probably, it drives them nuts, this is the smartest thing they could ever do because it will put them so far in front of Ironman, Challenge, PTO, etc. This is what everybody needs to do. So if they wanna say, we're gonna put the race out live, athletes, you can go 4K rip, talk about your races, use them as recaps on your YouTube. This is the most effective way for them to market from, their race series. From a, from, a content, from a content perspective, I mean, I think it's brilliant. I think that, yeah. uh, first off, I want to tip my hat to one person, Tommy Zafiris, because Tommy goes and shoots these races and, he's, and he turns around there while he's hot, sweaty, dead, probably hasn't even eaten yet, and turns all of these photos that literally every single athlete uses to That's market right. and post and brand these WTS races. I mean, a lot of people would have no idea. I mean, they would literally be, all these athletes would be using cell phone-like photos yep. from probably a spectator or fan on the course. Uh, I think yep. Chelsea can probably attest to that, but. No, Tommy. Yeah, I was just gonna say, it is people like Tommy that make this stuff so awesome to see. I think that oh, yeah. you see his photos all the time, no matter if it hasn't been a race in six months, his photos are popping up and I think it's just, good quality photos that are yeah just getting out there i've seen him post race in his hotel room till like 2 a.m just getting it yeah. out there as quick as that is can. probably their best marketing dollar and for them to 
allow Lucy to do this is that, I mean let, let's all be real no one's gonna go back and rewatch this full race no. but you get to see that athlete's perspective her highlights it makes them excited to watch the next race that Lucy is in so hats off to them for allowing that uh, I hope they continue to do it yeah. it would be I even I even saw this, they didn't I even saw this clip where World Triathlon covered uh, did an interview with the woman who came in last place right and I just thought the positive content that they created around that for the sport and that woman, um, they weren't doing this five years ago and they're, they're leaders in the space. The World Triathlon, the way they cover the races, that is the best. Now, given that's the format, right? Um, what this reminded me too is they went to nine laps on the bike course in Leeds, which I thought was great. Just everybody could see it. And what it reminded me was of on the run for 10k races they could even shorten those runs down to 2k per lap and you'd see the athletes that much more so um world triathlon they're pushing the envelope they they're there for the athletes to serve the athletes and it doesn't go unnoticed and they're and frankly their their product that they're selling is 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 much better than a lot of what their competitors are doing Another point about that athlete who was last, it was, this was Emily Morier who races for France, and I think, I mean, she's usually a pretty good athlete, may have had a rough day, but it sounded like everything, every time she went through that transition, the crowd, she kind of just engaged with the crowd and was going wild. I heard a story from someone who was actually there watching the race, and it just sounded awesome that it was just, the positivity was pretty amazing, so. That's awesome. Okay, Alistair to focus on Kona. Mark. It's a given. He said he's done last one. Yeah, so he's having surgery um, in the very near, very, very near future, and then he will recover from the injury he's been carrying. I presume he'll train like a madman, and I would imagine he'll be excellent in Kona. Um, I really think he'll be excellent in Kona. And then he'll go on to do sub seven and that sort of stuff. No way he raced 70.3, St. George? Oh, no, I, I, I think that will be, but I think it'll be a secondary. Um, although he's got a lot of... Uh, this is me guessing, but I, I think Kona will be the big goal for Alistair now. I think he sees that's where the pinnacle of his next part of his career lies. You know what I mean? It's The Olympics was this part of his current career, um, or the career he's just put to bed. I think he now sees Kona as being... This, this is the pinnacle of the long-distance career. Obviously, after he represents the Europe in the Collins Cup, which I imagine he can't wait to do. Um, but no, Kona for Alistair. I, I feel like that we haven't seen Alistair since Western Australia. We haven't seen the Alistair Brownlee since Western Australia 2019. So he hasn't done anything since then. And usually he's always at the top of his game given COVID and all that. But I think that we will see a lot more of him once he gets dialed, gets past this injury. And we'll see a whole lot more of Alistair. But performance-wise, we haven't seen so the true do, Alistair Brownlee since then. Mark Talbot, do we know? So what he's getting surgery on in his ankle, is this a problem that was related to what what he, whatever he was holding when he did Daytona? When he, I mean, he didn't DNF, but he clearly wasn't running well in Daytona. Is this the same injury? No, he DNF'd. He DNF'd, yeah. Um, I... I don't know, but in, 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 sorry, in Daytona, I believe it was a calf injury, so I'm not sure. That's what I'm thinking, so I don't know if the calf and the ankle, I don't, I'm, yeah, anyway. It might um, be unrelated, but we have to remember, you know, Jan Fredino's 39 years old, Alistair Brown is 33 years old. He's got plenty of time. He's got time to go and rock yeah. this, yeah. yeah. Plenty, plenty of time. Uh, another thing I wanted to bring up, pivoting from Alistair, is one thing that we've seen a lot of. 
is are these training groups uh and and pat will probably have a better response to me the and a, people could probably quote me on this i think probably the earliest training groups i remember seeing were the team siri iron man groups when they she had like every female and their dog in boulder and they were just annihilating kona and then in short course as far as i can remember like the joel i mean the the wollongong wizards group are we seeing that every because i feel like I could be corrected. I feel like Joel Filial's athletes used to annihilate every race, and they are not the top of the sport anymore. Uh, it, is everyone just catching on? I think that I think we could see that that's probably a timing thing. I would. I think Joel and his athletes are a pretty experienced bunch, and they have one goal for the year, and that's at the end of July. So I wouldn't be too worried if they're not. I mean, it, it is interesting that they're. Yeah, I mean, Martin Van Riel was on the podium in Leeds. He is one of those athletes. But Acadian events who were world champs in 2019 aren't. They're not firing right now, but who knows? I think they're all in for Tokyo. So, Pat, I don't know what you have to say about that. I would say, to quote the big Lebowski, strikes and gutters. Um, And I think it's just the ups and downs of being a coach. But it was one thing I noticed where it was, you know, Jake, Mario, uh, Vince... You know, they didn't have great races in Leeds. Um, it was just something I noticed on an Olympic year. Uh, they seemed a little little behind the eight ball uh, in, in early June. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you just see a whole lot more of these training groups now than you used to see. Everyone used to just do all this individually. I mean, even with you, Mark, I mean, you guys do... How much stuff do you guys do with Patrick? Do you guys go to camps and stuff together and all that? Yeah, so obviously Kat's only joined Patrick's coach recently and that's kind of a new group they're putting together. But I think these groups are coming about more and more because they're actually more and more good triathletes. If you look at where the first place finishes down to the 50th now, that gap is so much closer than it used to be. So there are just more great athletes available to groups together in areas of the world and and people like to replicate these uh, these successes uh, coaches like to market it as well don't forget this is just good marketing from coaching there's a lot of money to be made in triathlon coaching if you pretend that your camp will make athletes much faster and you can sell it that they'll come together and train with so and so and so and so then they do well Joel Friel specializes in the pros but don't forget a lot of the Ironman coaches they coach the pros for small change and then they coach a few millionaire age groupers for the big bucks so there's a lot of marketing involved in these camps and these groups as well I think Mm-hmm. All right, on to uh, European Championships. This is a couple weeks away, but I, the start list was posted. Now I just noted, uh, I don't. Holly is on the Des Moines start list as well as the uh, European Championship start list, and it's Lucy, Holly, and Daniela. Uh, that's pretty much your. Without Imogen Simmons, I mean that is like your seventy point three world's podium, unless. Uh, Laura Duffy's gonna wake up and be like, "Ah, oh, actually, I'm gonna go to 70.3 Worlds in St. George." I'm sorry, where is it? Where is 70.3 Euro Champs? Uh, in Denmark. Denmark, in Shire, mm-hmm. however you say it. But that's gonna be. I mean, if if Holly goes there, that will be that will be an awesome race to watch that weekend. And, and let's just hope that Iron Man decides to live stream it, Mark, like they what, did at St. George. Okay, can, instead of talking about Euro Champs, can we? Can I ask Mark a question about what what are you hearing about athletes that are potentially skipping St. George now to focus on Kona or what what do we think what are we hearing that the start list will be like in Yeah, it's the it's not just the St. George, is it? It's the 
it's the Collins, Collins Cup, Cup it's a, St George, yeah. Kona. I think I think most people recognise that doing all three, yeah. you can't do all three perfectly. I think That's you right. can do one of two, sorry, two of three, pretty damn well. So yeah. St George is what three weeks before Kona. It's quite a tight turnaround. Yeah, um, and obviously on a very hard course in the heat. On a very hard course in the heat. Personally, um, from my small department within this household now, St. George's is looking less likely because even if you don't make the Collins Cup, you go race the championship race the next day. There's great prize money there. You're surrounded by all your friends, all the best athletes in the world and all the media opportunities that are associated with that. And then you've got a much bigger time gap and you roll forward and, uh, you know, then you, you, t- you take what you, you've taken on Kona. So I, I could see St. George having a lesser field. Daniela Reif said she's absolutely doing it. She's absolutely 100% doing uh, St. George and then she's doing Kona and she's good enough to then, you know, she'll do the third as well. But I, I think it could be a lesser field. There are some other really interesting gaps in race calendars coming up. You know, Ironman UK has got a hundred grand prize pot to it. Hundred grand, and yet we've got quarantine rules that mean almost no one outside the UK will come and do it. Like yeah, Eastern sure. Norden and those were down to do it, and they're just not going to do it. The women's start field could genuinely be cats just signed up for it because it could genuinely be three women. Take away twenty grand for a win in a three women race. It's it's a very strange atmosphere that's being created with PTO challenging Ironman to put on races, so they're throwing cash at races that actually people can't even get to. Wow. Um. Okay, sorry. So we got off. We got off track with the Euro champ. So I apologize. So Max Max Newman is actually on that start list for seventy point three European champs. So we do have an Australian kind of breaking breaking protocol and coming out. Too. That's if he, yeah. he he might come out here quarantine and stay here. Could be one thing he's potentially yeah. thinking about doing for I, the rest of the year. His there team. is a note on the Ironman website that says seventy point three European Championship. It says professional athletes that are vaccinated are clear to travel and are not required to quarantine upon arrival. That is like a brand new note on their website. Um, So. Interesting. Yeah, I think think you'll see a lot more athletes do the Collins Cup, skip the 70.3 worlds, roll on to Kona. I mean, yeah. Too too close, too close. Uh, Collins Cup, I don't even know why this is on the hot takes. Did you put it on there? Was it me? Why are you always blaming yeah, me? I, for I wanted to just ignore it. Yeah, the, the Collins Cup is being broadcast live on Eurosport and the Discovery Channel now. So there we go. Breaking news. I, I do want to make today. a comment about. I, I do want to make about a comment about the Collins Cup because I was thinking about it just now. The Collins Cup is the greatest race in triathlon history that has never happened. I mean, literally, like we we have talked about this. Since Pat and I, since I met Pat at Island House in 2016, we started talking about the Collins Cup. So, Talbot, so can we can we talk? Can we talk about? We're calling a ceasefire. We're calling a ceasefire on Collins Cup until the race we're actually not. happens. No, we're absolutely not. The week, <laughs> the week after the race happens, and we do this podcast, will we want to retract our statements, or will we dig our feet in more of a, what we have now? I think, Mark, I'd, I'd lead to you on this. I'm bringing a shovel to that podcast to dig in a little bit deeper, I think. <laughs> I've got, I do not see it being exciting. I, uh, I it's not going to... I'm a it, super triathlon not... nerd, Pat. So are you. Yeah, and yeah. watching a relay race between nations where they're completely uneven, athletes that are there for a paycheck, they all get paid the same whether they finish last or first. Uh, it does nothing for me. It does does nothing yeah. for me. It's, it's not... Um, 
Unless Kat gets selected, Pat, in which case it's the best race <laughs> I've ever heard of. I endorse it fully. Europe can just bring their sea athletes and, and really stick it to uh, the Team International and Team USA. They're not going to bring their sea athletes because if Jan can show up and collect a $90,000 check to do a 70.3 workout i mean what I kyle i guess what kyle means not is even they a could bring their sea athletes and europe would still win yeah. so what's the point yeah yes yeah all right final hot take jan gets on instagram we saw the same thing with lance armstrong like a month or so ago he said he's bored he wants a challenge um you know he should he know. lives he lives in girona he should do an everstein on uh rocker cobra it's too tall Mark, for what, what should Jan do? What what kind of challenge? Basically, Lance Armstrong and uh, George Hancapi raced up a Strava segment. I got like one. Six Go Strava on, Chelsea. Segments. All right, Chelsea. 100 beers, 100 miles in a week. <laughs> oh, I've seen, I've seen <laughs> photos. Jan, you heard it. Yeah, I've seen photos of Jan's barbecue. He's not got five beers and five miles in a week. Uh, not a shot. That's the ultimate challenge. It's been on my bucket list since I was like 18. Hey, come to the UK. What is so that's that's beers. that's like 13 a day, isn't it, Chelsea? Uh, I think it's. I don't know. I'm gonna do it this year though, but I'm gonna split. A hundred beers in a hundred days? No. Oh, seven days. A hundred beers in a hundred miles beers. in a week. You've heard of that, right? A hundred miles of running. Running. Exactly. Who's done it? Running. Who do you, do you know anyone that's done it? No. No. Mark's Mark, done yeah. it. We did it at Love Bray. Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. How was it? How did you... Honestly, though, think how beer fit you are at university. The beers actually are not the problem. Like, it's the 100 miles that's the problem. It's... So did you front load the miles and back load the beers? No, 10 a day. 10 each, 10 a day. Well, that's only 70. Sorry, is in like, we, we did 14 a day or whatever. Exactly the okay. right amount was split it evenly over the challenge. and got, There were some really good athletes doing it. Will Clark, I think, has done it. He's run a, I suddenly have yeah. so much more respect for you. That's oh. amazing. That, do you know what? It's not. I think when you're beer fit, it's not a problem. It's when you're an athlete fit like you are, Chelsea, that it's actually a problem. People, I, I, Talbot and uh, Kyle will find it easier than you would, I think. Yeah. Okay, I just want. I want to note two comments on on Jan's post. Sorry, jump back to this because I love this kind of stuff. You got Cam Worth over here, little sissy. Cam, if you're listening to this, you're nothing but a sis. He says, don't do a single training session between now and Kona. That's my challenge. <laughs> and then you got, I've never seen this before. Then you got Lionel and he's like, you know where to find me, man. Any place, anytime. Saw the mouths again as if they didn't learn something from Tulsa. Stop talking and just get racing, boys. Come on. Sam Long wants him to race Mount Lemon KOM, so... <laughs> Oh, can we well, do everyone a, go? Do we have a Do we have a Sam update? What's Sam up to? He's in Boulder. Sam is going to do Ironman Coeur Lane. This is a surprise. Oh, what? Why? Isn't he yeah. already qualified? Well, he's, yeah, he's on the start exactly. line. Coeur Lane. He decided. To, now he, I'm uh, upset. Wants, no, I got a call. He wants he, to lick. No. Is it only because Lionel's going? It probably. probably is. Sam oh, needs to. Is. Sam needs probably to go, him and Cody Beals. My hot take is Sam needs to go all in, forget Kona this year, and go all in for St. George. I don't. I I disagree, Pat. I think because you'll you'll get someone cut across an ITU athlete that will cut across, and he will not be able to run with, not even close. 
Gustav. I think a Vincent yeah. Louis Gustav. Yeah, I, I guess mean, Mark. I'm, I'm not. You know, Mark, someone. I'm not this. I'm not disagreeing with you, but is this a year where there's like it's so tight with the Olympics and the other things? Like maybe if Sam, everybody else is in a distracted world, and if Sam went hyper focused, could that be enough to for him to win? I, I'm sorry, I just don't see it. I, I don't see him yeah. beating even the likes of Bakkegaard, even a George Goodwin if he has a good day. I, I just don't see him running well enough. And I do see a gap in Kona here. You know, Brownlee's not fit right now. Jan is getting old. I don't, you know, he, let's be honest, he is. Patrick could puncture. You know, some one of those top three in name will have a nightmare. And that there is a win at Kona up for grabs this year. And it might not be Patrick, Jan... Alistair, it could be one of those guys. I, I, I still think he's got to be all in for Kona, and all in for Kona is not doing quarter lane. I, 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 yeah. I don't know why he'd okay. do it. So I think no matter what, where you and I are aligned, Mark, is that quarter lane should not be on the list. I mean, I, I don't know. Kat's, Kat's doing um, Ironman UK, which is the, actually the week after quarter lane. She's doing it because she doesn't have to travel far. There's a good paycheck. She's excited. She wants to race. And it's her first Kona and she's going into it with an experienced learning curve in Kona. Sam wants to win Kona this first time out, you know? He, he's he's got to go in there, guns blazing. Yeah, I just think if and I were... In, in, in Sam's race there... Sorry, race Kona before, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. I say he's no, 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 no. But as an amateur, as an amateur, so to, to go into it yeah. with a fresh mind that he's already had experience there, I mean, it's even better. He has... A, if he was to win or had a chance at the yeah. win, which people would, I, I, I think he's got it. I, I just don't see the utility in racing three Ironman in a year if you don't. If there's not a reason to, I don't know. Well, yeah. maybe he wants. I mean, I suppose maybe the utility is, is he would like to to rate to learn how to win one, and the only way to do that is to do one right. And so he's just like, well, I got to try and win quarter lane. It changes All the right. dynamic. Oh. Sorry, go on, guys. Final hot take. Will Flora Duffy win a gold medal and then show up in St. George? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh. we're going to end it on that right there. going to end it on that. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to uh, the Pro Try News. If you like the show, uh, we would love feedback. Share it with your stories. Share it, with your, share it on your stories. Share it with your friends. And uh, we will see you next week.